A. Before I start today's episode, I want to tell you about my new Etsy shop called Toss Yard Games, featuring dope illustrations on graphic tees of your favorite backyard games. I'm talking spike ball, can jam, cornhole, all the way to games like Delu, 21 or Bus. Oh my gosh, I have it all. Designs created by myself, and I'm happy to share with you guys. So check it out, Toss Yard Games on Etsy. Links are in show notes. Rep the game you love with an awesome design. Check it out now. This is Toss Talk, where it's all about yard games, having fun, and what it takes to create social entertainment. With your host and creator, Kelvin, on Toss Tunes Radio. Hey, what is up? And welcome back to another episode of Toss Talk. And today, we are playing Castaway Game. Yes, this game combines fishing and cornhole. Yes, I said fishing. For all you guys that love fishing and gals, uh, this game is the best of both worlds. Uh, combines cornhole, darts, uh, and it just even helps you with your fishing ability. Uh, check this out. Links are in the show notes. I'm stoked to have the creator on today. And uh, we're going to get into how he came up with this product. Uh, it's coming based out of Utah. And I'm excited for it because if you've seen some of the Instagram pictures, they look amazing. So can't wait to get my hands on and play this game. But... Right now, let's get into this chat. Hey, Kelvin. Hey, what's up? How you doing? I'm good, man. How you doing? Doing well. This has been a long time coming, huh? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we've been scheduling this for a while, so glad it's uh, finally happening. Yeah, me too. Nice to catch up and... Uh... How, you know, how are you? I just was listening to a couple of the last couple episodes of Toss Talk. And uh, nice. uh, I think it's cool what you're doing. You know, spread love for the yard game community. I appreciate that. And uh, likewise, you, I think it's cool that you, you made a cool game. And uh, yeah, let's um, uh, get right into it. Uh, sure. How, how, how's everything going with the business? And uh, where are you from? And uh, who's all in the business with you? Yeah, so uh, I'm out in Utah, so I'm, I'm in Salt Lake City is where I'm, I'm based out of, and um, the business is pretty much me at this point. I've had some help getting it launched. Uh, a buddy of mine, Johnny, is an industrial engineer, and I couldn't have got here without him. I've got some of the help along the way, but as far as the day-to-day operations and shipping orders and <clears throat> marketing and everything, I'm a one-man show, and, and that kind of leads into... The next, you know, you ask the question how the business is going. It's been a little slower on the sales side than I'd like, and 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 you know, I, we could get into why and, and talk about that. But it's it's been super fun and amazing experience to get it launched, and uh, now I have to like just twist twist the right dials and and get the word out. You know? I hear you, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough getting a product launch. Uh, I'm I'm learning firsthand myself, but um. From what you got going on, it it looks like really cool. So I'm glad you at least like got this far and you got some product in. Yeah, yeah, and we have been selling them, but it's just been slow. We're averaging like a couple sales a week, which uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm hoping to get those numbers up. But uh, as you know, based on reschedules, I've had some personal stuff come up. I just moved recently across town. And uh, I started a new gig at my nine to five. So, you know, it's a lot going on and, and, and I'm looking forward to getting back. It's just time, you know, as you know, I know you've had the yeah. tally tumbler, which I'm excited to get mine, mine uh, when, when those get out. It's a ton of work and time. And, um, I'm excited where the journey goes next. Yes, yes. And I thank you again for uh, getting a tally tumbler. And um, I'm yeah. stoked that they're, they're, they'll be coming out hopefully next month. Uh, shipping has been crazy for us. So that's yeah. what we're kind of working on right now. But um, yeah, we got uh, our final design, so we're stoked on it. Yeah, I'm stoked to get it. It's a cool idea. And uh, I saw you kind of going through some of the same steps I was in Castaway with the Kickstarter. You know, it's just a learning curve everywhere you look. There's like a, a new learning curve. Like I had never done anything like this before as far as bringing a product to. So I, I work in finance as my nine to five. And uh, I like art a lot, and I, I consider myself to be a creative person. So I just had the idea, and I was like, you know what? It's now or never. This is going to be fun to do it. Let's let's launch this thing and and see where it goes. And that's the cool thing about trying to do something like this is you just never know what what, what the next step in the journey is going to be. Yes, yes, uh, yeah. I feel you on that, I, and I feel like I connect with you and connect with everybody else that are starting these products and games like this. It's a uh... It's a tough journey, but yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, when you finally uh, see your baby getting sold, it's very rewarding. Yeah, couldn't agree more. One of the coolest things when you have people you don't know giving you their hard-earned money to buy a product that you started out as an idea in your mind, and now it's a tangible you know, thing I can go put a shipping label on and get out to somebody. It's, it's super cool. Yeah. Very cool process. So um, how exactly did you uh, come up with the idea? Yeah, it's it's uh, it ties back to my son. So I have three kids. Uh, I have a seven year old son, a five year old girl, and a two year old. And my oldest son, my my seven year old son, uh, is obsessed with fishing. He has been since he was a youngster. You know, really since he could start talking, like he's just really connected to fishing. And I grew up fishing. I, I did more fly fishing than anything else. And I grew up in Wyoming, so I was, I was fly fishing the streams and lakes up there. But I hadn't really fished much in my adult life. I had a lot of other hobbies that I got into. Uh, but so he got, he kind of brought me back around and I, I, he would always want to go fishing or always want to get his pull out. And I just never had the time to keep up with him. You know, I was, I was a busy night, you know, working dad. So what I would do is set him up with his little fishing pole, his little casting pole and a, a weighted hookless lure that was safe and just encourage him to be like, Hey buddy, hit, try to cast from here, hit the tree over there, you know, or, or whatever the target was. And he was having fun. Like he'd go out there and practice for hours and uh, I could see him improving in his, his casting ability. He was getting better and better and having yeah, fun. Yeah. So I said, Hey, th you know, this would be a cool game. You know, we could dial this in and as much fun as he was having. I was like, this, this, I think this is something that there's something here. And, and really that's the, uh, that was the spark, the inspiration. I love that because like, just gaming in general it's cool how like some people just come up with you know random ideas but also like taking it from hobbies and turning it into games like that's the beauty of yard games you can make anything a yard game and yeah. for the fishing community this is like amazing like yeah i i used to fish a lot and um i do want to get back into it but just from an outside perspective, like seeing a game like this, I'm like, I don't think there's very many fishing games that are like, yeah, yeah. you know, like out the market like this, or you can right. really practice. So that that's awesome. I just love that for like the fishing community in general. 
Yeah, yeah. It's it's got I've gotten great responses so far. So far, a lot of positive feedback. And uh, you know, even when you when you introduce it to somebody that isn't like the, a diehard fisherman that maybe is just casually wanted to get into it or or, or try it, it's a really non-intimidating way to 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 you know see what it's all about and practice uh, at least the mechanics of fishing, you yeah. know, in a safe space. So yeah, it's it's it, it's a game I think the world needed, and now I'm just trying to get you know convinced you know get the word out that this is this is here and. And if you yeah. get this something that you want, like come come get it, you know. I know. I hear you. As soon as I saw it, I was like, "Yeah, you know, people who pl- play cornhole probably fish as well." And I know a ton of fishers that you know are always just trying to fish, and you know, just like you said, practicing and stuff like that. So why not turn yeah. it into a game? Like, yeah, and not just the game. Like your actual product does look very cool. So you did a good job with the design and everything. I appreciate that. Yeah, we did a lot of like one of my main goals with starting out is I, I, I wanted like the top of the board to be like a work of art. I just wanted it to be like a visually, uh, you know, appealing game. Uh, and I have a friend of mine from high school, actually, her name is Randy Eggley. She's an amazing artist. <clears throat> and I knew right away, I was like, I got to bring Randy in on this and have her help me with the artwork. And I reached out to her. I hadn't talked to her in years. And connected with an old high school friend, and she knocked it out of the park. She drew all the fish on the board, uh, the graphics. She helped me with the logo. So, you know, it's cool to see her stamp on this, too. And, and, and you know, like I said, I love art. I've always been a fan of her art. So I was excited to have her, uh, you know, bring in her talents to the game board. But I appreciate uh, the compliment. No, that, that's very cool. I had one of my really good friends uh, do my logo and everything for me. And uh, he's a good graphic designer. So I... I like doing designs myself, but um, it's nice having a good outside perspective and like, you know, representing somebody else's work. Yeah, absolutely. But that was a goal of ours to make the game look good. And I think I, I think we did it. I was proud of the way it came out. Yes, I'm proud of the way it came out, too, because it's yeah. really good. Um, Appreciate it. All right. Uh, so what version are you on from uh, the original concept of it? Man, we went through a lot of different trial and error processes. That's part of the reason it took so long to get it to market. But um, this is probably like our fourth or fifth prototype. One of the um, the earliest prototypes is I had, I went to my local Joann's. I, don't, I think you're out on the East Coast, right? You're out in Virginia. Yeah, Virginia yeah. Beach. Yeah, That's yeah. the fabric place. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yes, I, I know exactly. I don't know if they have those out there or not. They have out here on the West. So <laughs> I, I went down to like the sewing department and I, 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 I was like a super secret meeting, a top secret business meeting at Joanne's. Had, <laughs> to have her, that. like I had her stitch me. I went to the stitching department and had her stitch me like an elastic thing that I put over the top of a cornhole set of mine that uh, had like a really uh, crude version of, of the board on the top. And then okay. I, was test- I was testing out like different like Velcros that would stick to it. And so that was our very first design was the, was the Joann's meeting. And then it just kind of evolved from there. Uh, a friend of mine, Brennan, who's a, who's a uh, helps get businesses going, had the idea to turn it into an inflatable design that we could play in the water. And that was just uh. a, a cool breakthrough. So it's cool to see like the stepping stones to get to the final version. Yeah, that's that's very cool. How exactly uh, does that work? Like, or you can go into also explaining how the game works, but how does it work with floating on the water and everything? Yeah, so maybe I'll just take a step back for the listeners that maybe haven't seen it. I'll talk about it, exactly what it is. So it's a uh, a fishing game where the, the game board is an inflatable wedge. So the wedge is like 
think of about the size of a cornel set, maybe a little bit bigger, a little steeper angle than a traditional cornel set would have. And it's uh, inflatable. Um, so you could, you fill it up with air and then it comes to shape. And on the very top of the game, there's a felt top with different zones for scoring. So it's like a dartboard on the top of a, of a cornhole set. And then I sell it with little uh, lures that have the other side of the Velcro, the hook and loop Velcro. So when you cast these lures that are sold with the game, they stick exactly where they landed. And then you get to keep points. It's, you can be competitive. You can play a lot of different games, like darts type games with the game board. So, so that's what it is. And um, the inflatable part of it, as far as playing on the water, uh, because it's inflatable, I sell a version of the game that has like a water kit, I call it, that it comes with some polyester rope that you can get in the water and like use the bag that it comes with with an anchor. So you can set it out in the lake, you know, anchor it back to the shore where you're you're standing and then you can cast it out in the lake and, and it just um, add, spices it up a bit makes it a bit, a, a bit more fun so like we took uh, it up camping a couple of times nice that's very cool i know i've seen like the pictures of it and like honestly like having a game like that and some beautiful backdrops for like a lake and everything that is just yeah. awesome yeah thank you yeah one of my passions before cast away a lot of my free time was like landscape and nature photography so I kind of have like all the gear for that and, and, and um, years of experience. So I've been able to communicate some of that on the, on the marketing too for Castaway, which was very fun. I want to do more of it. I love that. Yeah. You remind me of a couple other people I've spoken to, you know, just a, a true kind of like a entrepreneur that, you know, sees an idea already has some skills and then just starts applying it to the park <laughs> and everything like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I did. It's like, I, I think if you could describe it, it's like, I tend to bite off more than I can chew sometimes just figure it out as I go and uh, yeah. cast away. has been a hundred percent that, that process for me so far. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, so have you gotten product in and everything? Is everything good? Yeah, it's all, all, all good. Uh, I had to store at my mom and dad's place in the garage for a little bit, which thanks, mom and dad. Thank <laughs> yes, you for the thanks, mom and dad. <laughs> I could, yeah, and then, and then I finally got room. I cleared out some spot in my garage. Now I have I store it personally, and I've been selling uh, right out of the garage. So order comes in. I, I have it hooked up to a shipping service, slap a uh, uh, mailer on it and get it to USPS and out the door. So yeah, I'm like doing all the distribution my, uh, myself, which I'm like, it, it's some, so, in some ways I look at it as a good thing that I'm not like blowing up right now because I don't know what I would do if I was getting yeah. you know, 25 orders a day. I just, I, I have a full-time job in finance, so I, I could come up with it. So I gotta, I gotta, I'm taking the steps up, you know? I hear you. In, in some instances, like I do kind of like how, yeah, you want your game to be bigger. But it is kind of nice if, like, you know, it is small enough to manage. And if you make some money off it, it's great. Um, yeah. Because you, you don't know what headaches lay ahead when you start to really blow up with orders and really yeah, get things exactly. out of hand. Exactly. Uh, scaling is is a tough part of business that I've, I've seen. And just hearing from people 100%. that I've spoke to, it's, it's, it's a difficult part. 100%. Yeah. And so like I was disappointed at first and then it, uh, so much of entrepreneurship is mindset and how you approach things. And I've really tried to work hard in framing it as you know, just steps. It's a process. It's stepping stones rather than failures. And a buddy of mine, Brennan, the same, the same buddy I referenced earlier, uh, he told me something. He said, you want to fail early and fail often. And, you know, we're failing right now in marketing and we're saying it and it's better to do it on this smaller scale. So when 
you know, when you do grow, you know, you're ready and you're polished and you've got that experience. Yeah. Growing pains, working through the kinks. Um, yeah, everybody's got to go through it, whether they like it or not. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You just try to shorten that learning curve as much as you can. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I know I went through like a million different iterations of uh, the tumbler and all this and like knowing all the different materials and everything. And sometimes I feel like I still don't know what's happening. But <laughs> at the end of the day, it's like, oh, I finally got a good product. So something yeah, went well. Exactly. There's something about just doing it instead of talking. Yeah. You can you can get an analysis paralysis and sometimes oh, just take that. Yes, analysis paralysis. Yes, just keep going. Just yeah. push through it. Yep. Figure it out as you go. Yes. Um, so where are you uh, getting the games uh, manufactured? Uh, I have a couple of factories in China that we source. So I've got the game wedge itself through a, a factory that we connected with through Alibaba. And then the uh, lures are from a separate like uh, lure manufacturer, so the Velcro. So they're both coming out of China. Okay. Nice. I'm glad uh, some Alibaba actually worked out for you. Um, I know some... Yeah those stories have kind of gone sideways with people so that's good it actually worked yeah i mean it i had a couple of factories that i was you know you kind of working with and trying to see how they communicate how professional are they and uh you got to be shrewd is my advice anybody listening be shrewd on on alibaba because there was some clear cut you know let's stay away from these these guys and this isn't going to work and then we got one that from the start to the finish was just delivered on what they said they were going to do the communication was great and, and we felt confident they were the right, the right group to work with to get it to market. And uh, so, yeah, just be shrewd and, and uh, do due diligence on that side of things would be my advice. Yes. I would follow that up with uh watch out for the trading companies. They can be good, but they also give you a lot of runaround. So do your due diligence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, and, and work with a good shipping agent too. When you get it, when you get it to yes. try to get it to the U S Yes, that too. There's yeah. Um, so back onto the game. Have you like uh, brought it out to show people, like in uh, you know, try to advertise a little bit or market? Not as much as I'd like. the The most advertising we've done is is my uh, crude Facebook ads that I've been running, and, okay. and that's been you know that's been like we're pretty much to the point where I'm like covering the cost of the ads as far as money revenue coming back in. So that's not really effective. So I, I just need to dig down deeper and, you know, do all the stuff marketers talk about, find your, you know, your core audience and find out where they hang out and, and, and what um, marketing materially resonates with them. And I've been on that journey for a while and it's, it's a, it's a continuous process, but uh, I lost a little bit of steam over the summer with the move and, and the new job and some of those things. But yeah, uh, I, I really have a goal in COVID obviously has, has, has had a wrench in some of that stuff, but I, I really would love to get to some trade shows and just hang out with like-minded people and just, you know, show people in person. Uh, because when, when you, you know, we'll be playing it out at a lake or, you know, friends and, and other people that have bought it have said we were playing it and people just are curious and just walk up and ask about it. And that's a good sign, I think. And and so I, I just like I'd like to get out there in person and talk about it more. So that that's uh, kind of phase two coming up for me. Nice, uh, that's a perfect setup for the next question. Or what are some of the common misconceptions that you encounter with people coming up and talking about it? The probably the biggest one is uh, 
you know, do you use fishing poles? Like if, if, you, if it's not obvious, you're not there with a the fishing pole, people say like, what is this? You know, what yeah. are we doing here? And, and they ask, can you play it without fishing poles? And of course you can. Like, and I've thought about that different versions and maybe I'll sell it with oh, like indoor, yeah. like big, um, Velcro balls or something that you could throw at it. So you play it indoors. So that's, I've got some other ideas that are coming out, but, uh, that's the one of the big misconceptions is, is what type of equipment do you need? And then the other one is, you know, do you, do you sell it with poles or do you need a, do you need to bring your own fishing poles? So I've had yeah. to ask the that, which we do sell our own poles, by the way. Uh, I got okay. those sourced out of China as well. They're, they're great little kid push button poles for those, uh, those players that maybe don't have, uh, maybe they have a kid that wants to get into fishing. They don't have any gear yet. It's a good start because they can use the same pole when they actually go to fish. Uh, okay. So we sell it with them without poles. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but uh, that is that is a good one with or without poles. I I mean, someone like myself, if I were to get it, I would probably want a pole because you know I don't fish that often, so yeah. I'd probably be using it just with the game in general. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's cool. You can use it, buy one, or you already have your own poles. So I like that. Yeah. All right, guys. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. We'll be right back after this short break. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you have not heard of Quartersback, let me change that for you. Quartersback is a fun tabletop game that involves elements of literally like all the games. I'm talking cornhole, can jam, dice quarters everything this is a fun tabletop game that can even involve up to 10 people yes i said 10 people how about that at your party everybody just playing one game that sounds awesome and right now toss talk listeners will receive five dollars off their first purchase of quarters back use promo code toss talk capital t's no space toss talk Links are in the show notes. Get yourself a set and enjoy. All right, so welcome back. Let's get back into this chat. Um, so you're just starting out. Uh, when? How long ago did you actually start the whole process? Yeah, it was. I, I remember you asked that question, so I was looking that up because it's been a while since I kind of re- <laughs> oh, thought good. about the, the story <laughs> yes. and like where it started. So I had to, I had to run back no, and run the tape no back. No worries. <laughs> so I, I launched my Kickstarter campaign in September of 2020. So that and that, I hadn't gotten any product at that point. I w- I basically just got my first prototype, which we changed the design even from my Kickstarter prototype quite a bit. We made some pretty big changes to it. So, you know, kind of the middle part of 2020, uh, we got our inventory here uh, this spring um, in April, I think, is when it finally got to the U.S. Um, so we've been actually selling products since since April. I had a lot of pre-orders like you did, I'm sure, with Tally Tumblr. Yep. That uh, I had like the first wave that I got out, which was was a yep. huge learning huge learning curve for me on distribution side of things. I didn't re- I underestimated how much work that was. And okay. distribution period mm-hmm. but it's been it's been about i guess about a year now since really i've tried to actively like market it about six months since i've had product in hand okay very cool yeah not that long uh i feel like you're another one that kind of started out of COVID. i've talked to a few other people that uh you know kind of put things together and uh are just starting in 2020 that's kind of crazy yeah it was a good time for me i was, I was at home 
you know, I'm not one that can sit still for very long. So yeah. I ha- I've got energy I got to direct somewhere. So I was like, I might as well direct it on getting this game to the U.S. I hear you. So while you're uh, starting up everything, what do you think was like your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? You know, the I had a vision, as I'm sure everybody does when they when they launch their Kickstarter campaign, that it's going to be this massive success, go viral. And I like I, I put a lot of laurels on. I, I was maybe naive. I was naive in thinking that the idea was cool enough and unique enough and interesting enough that it would gain its own momentum. And I wouldn't have to like I know I was going to have to market it. Yep. But I completely uh, overestimated that and underestimated how important it is to be effective and have quality marketing. Um, so I, my Kickstarter didn't get funded, which was, you know, it was, it was, it was tough. You come into that, you come with anything expecting success. Uh, you prepared for failure, you know, I was fully prepared for it, but um, that was, you know, it was kind of a public failure because you get all your friends and family involved and tell everybody about it, sign up. So they're like, they're, they're all watching it with you. It was like, oh, it's, if I hit some marketing, you don't do it. So you didn't hit your mark to, to fund. Uh, but I, I always viewed Kickstarter as like, you know, let's, it's a testing ground. I, I knew I wasn't going to quit then, no matter what happened with Kickstarter. So I would say the biggest failure so far was the Kickstarter campaign not funding. And then the learning okay. curve there, I, I got all sorts of good lessons out of that though. So, you know, it, it's cliche, but failure should be stepping stones. And, and that was absolutely a stepping stone for us. Hey, well, I mean, I, I'm right there with you. Um, I thought uh, my product as well was just going to sell itself very easy. And um, I made the goal, but just barely though. Like, <laughs> it was, yeah, I was watching yours, man. Yeah, I was happy was, to be, I was happy to help you get I appreciate that. that but yeah. there's times I was like, I don't even know if this is going to be good or not. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that, that was a big one for me. And uh, like I said, like, um, I pulled a lot of things out of that, that that were probably more valuable than if I would have got funded at the time. I, I don't think I was ready to get funded at that time. Oh, okay. So, uh, if you don't mind me asking, what's something that you pulled out of it that uh, maybe kind of stuck with you? The, the marketing was the number one, Just number like, one yeah. lesson. Yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. We, how, how important that is. Yeah, we kind of struggled a little bit with the marketing as well. Um, I mean, we had a good ground campaign, and we reached, we got a lot of reach but it wasn't converting as well, which I kind of found that Kickstarter, in case anyone's listening, that uh, Kickstarter didn't really help you out that much with marketing, even though they have a lot of backers and supporters like that just buy anything on Kickstarter. Um, you really have to like get people yourself to get on it and to actually yeah. buy it. And then Kickstarter actually isn't as big as you would think because a lot of my supporters were like, Oh, I've never even heard of Kickstarter. I've never been on Kickstarter yeah. before. So yeah. there, was, it, there was a struggle there. Exactly. I had the same thing. And like, I think my target audience, you know, Kickstarter I think is more geared towards like tech and new yeah. uh, technology innovations. Like my, yep. my castaways group and my target audience doesn't like, they're not Kickstarter. They're not hanging out on Kickstarter very much. So I was, you know, I was kind of, fighting a two-edged battle so to speak where i was yes. like trying to get my product out but also explain what the hell kickstarter was and what is uh, yes what is exactly crowd, what crowdfunding was, so that, i was going through the same thing i was like you guys yeah. haven't heard of kickstarter before like oh, oh yeah. my gosh like yeah. yeah i had somebody ask me like so am i giving money to 
the Kickstarter is like, I, they're like, I just want to give it to you. I'm like, no, no, no. It's like, let me, let me take yeah. a step back and explain this. So another lesson I think I, I would say quickly on, on that is that don't put all your eggs in one basket. I, I wish I would have, um, you know, explored that because I always had in my mind, Kickstarter is it. This is how you launch a product. This is like, and looking back in hindsight, I would have rather not done Kickstarter and uh, put that time, energy and, and, and expense into just launching it myself. And it's we're in a really cool environment now where we have such a great opportunity to go direct to consumer. Uh, we don't have all the retail barriers that there was 10 years ago or 20 years ago. So I, I probably wouldn't have done Kickstarter uh, for my product. Um, you know, that's another lesson looking back is, you know, be open minded and be flexible. Yes, I do say that there is a ton of opportunities to, you know, to go direct to consumer and um, and to get funding. Um, one of my things is that uh, just the startup costs for, you know, buying like the molds and getting product made and everything like that. That was a big expense. So yeah. that's why we wanted to try and do Kickstarter to, you know, cover those expenses um, yep. and to get the product out. Um, but Besides that, there is some good opportunities for funding, but it is a good option to when you see some successful Kickstarters. So, yeah, it's it's a double edged sword. <laughs> yeah, and I think it depends on the product entirely too of, of yeah. where you want to launch it. You know, find your audience, and if they're not on Kickstarter, don't spend a lot of time going that route because you're explaining what Kickstarter is. But yeah, and again. To, to your point, you know, on funding, get creative with how you get funding if you need it. Yep, it's very true. There's uh, plenty of ways to make a deal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's uh, get into some random questions. Let the listeners get to know you a little bit, the, the man behind the product. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. All right, so question number one. Uh, what's your uh, favorite type of fish to eat? Uh, pretty easy one for me. Sockeye salmon is, I, I always have frozen fillets in the, in the freezer. And when friends and family come to barbecue, they know it's like, okay, you know, we're going away since we get sockeye. And just a simple grill, you know, just put some pepper, a little virgin olive oil on a griddle, you're good to go. So easy, easy choice. Sockeye salmon. Nice. It, that's so random because um, for some reason I was thinking uh, the other day, I was like, I forgot exactly what the conversation was about, but I was talking about salmon. And then I was just thinking to myself, I was like, how many different types of salmon are there? Is there just one yeah. type or is there different type? Like, what? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I didn't even look it up, but I was like, I'm sure there's more different more types yeah, of salmon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sockeye's the best. There's, there's other types out there, but sockeye's uh, the best. Nice. I'll have to look into that. <laughs> yeah, grab, go down to the grocery store, grab some fillets, and, and see if you like it. Uh, sounds good. Uh <laughs> Question number two, uh, what's your favorite backyard game to play besides yours? Yeah, uh, first, of course, it's Castaway, right? You got to oh, that's yes. obligatory, yeah. obligatory, okay. I got to say that. <laughs> <laughs> but number two is Cornhole, for sure. We played that over the years, uh, had a lot of fun with that. And then um, uh, a buddy of mine had a spike ball. He brought it to a barbecue a couple of years ago, and, and that, that game was fun as hell. So I would say uh, Cornell and Spike Ball for, you know, both games nice. that I've enjoyed over the years. Nice. I want to try, I, I was just in Lake Powell, which is a lake in Southern Utah a couple weeks ago. And I've been seeing a lot of advertising for this new CrossNet game. And I saw the some of those actually on the water. So they kind of made a water version of it like, like we did. Yeah. And that game was cool. I want to I check that one out. 
Yeah, that game's a lot of fun. Um, and those guys have been uh blowing up. Um, I love I love it to see uh it out there more. It's starting to gain some more traction to you know yeah. random people. I, I I they actually are doing advertisements like on the freeway out here in Utah. And I've been following them as well. Uh, I was hoping that you know hoping there's some parallels between our game and and, and that. And uh, it's been cool to see their success and you know they're they're kind of paving a whole new genre out there. So. Nice. But that's a game I want to check out. Yeah, they're very cool. Uh, Greg, uh, you should uh, reach out to him if you want to pick his brain. He's uh, very open and would, would chat and help you I'd out if you to. have any questions. Yeah, maybe after this you can put me in, you know, send his info. I'd love to talk to him. I appreciate we'll, that. Will do. Awesome. All right. Uh, next question. Oh, this is a good one. If you had to get rid of a yard game or a sport, what would it be? Yeah, I, I I thought about this one a little bit. And I was like, I, I, honestly, the answer this this is sounds cheesy. It sounds like I'm getting out of this a little bit, which I am. But right. I would say none, man, because I know firsthand. If you asked me this two years ago, there's a couple, but now I'm going with none because I know how much time, energy, and, and, and work goes into these things. And if somebody, even if they sell one copy, you know that's 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 a win. So you know, I I can't knock anything out of there right now. I, I love that. Yeah, knowing the time and energy that goes into all of this, uh, even if the game is just, you know, not as much fun, you know, just a little mediocre, somebody probably loves it. And yeah. the fact that somebody made it and sold it and got it out there, it's it's commendable. I couldn't agree. Yeah, I, 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 there's nothing that I came to mind that I couldn't even answer with that one. So kudos <laughs> to all those creators and game makers out there. Yes, even... yes. Golf claps. Good job, guys. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, slow clap. Well done. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next question. Uh, who was your childhood idol? Yeah, that's, that's always a good question. I was thinking about that. These are pretty random, but you know, here they go. So, <laughs> so I'm a I'm a hu- I'm a huge NBA fan. I have been since as a kid, and my team back in the day was the the Seattle Sonics. Uh, so you know, Sean Kemp. Uh, Gary Payton, but I was a huge Sean Kemp fan. Uh, he was, he was, he was my on-court idol, uh, underrated guy. You know, hopefully if you don't know about Sean Kemp, if, you, if you're younger, younger listener, go look up some of his dunks. They call him the rain man. Amazing ball player. So Sean Kemp was my guy. And then, uh, I was a huge Jurassic Park fan. So, uh, Dr. Grant, you know, he's kind of a hero of mine from, from JP. Yeah. Nice. Um, I love that. That's yeah, so, some good ones. Yeah, those I mean, are like the most random connections. I just think about that out loud now. It's like Sean Kemp <laughs> and Dr. Grant, like they're, they're a pretty long way apart. But uh, yeah, those are some uh, some, love, some names that came to mind. I like that you're reminiscing right now because uh, yeah, yeah. When I look back, I have like some random soccer players that I just like looked up to. Um, yeah, and uh, surprisingly followed very well. Um, despite like not having social media back then so yeah it's pretty crazy how even kids these days can like really follow like somebody that they yeah. look to even more now. follow them on instagram or twitter and yeah. Know, yeah you know everything about them out there like so much <laughs> personal life was on display uh yeah. for today but yeah i dated myself there for sure with the sean camp and dr uh, and the dr <laughs> <laughs> oh, all good man all yeah. good yeah uh, all right, uh, last one for the random questions. Um, how large was the biggest fish you've ever caught? You know, I wish I could say it's like some majestic species, like um, a rainbow trout, it, but it was uh, it was a carp. Which it, it, those people that fish out there, it's kind of like a, 
it's almost like a sucker fish, but they grow really big. And I was fishing down at like Powell for my kayak years ago. And I, and I hooked one, I was fishing for smallmouth bass and I ended up hooking a, one of these carp went for the lure. And I, I think it was, I didn't have anything to weigh it with, but I guess it was, I mean, we were at least five pounds plus, which is big for a fish. Like when I was really getting in, it was like the kayak was kind of pulling forward as oh, like all wow. our inertia was going against each other. So it was a good fight. I was hoping it was a big striper bass when I pulled it up to the boat, but you know, it was carp and it was fun. It doesn't matter what species you get. I hear you. No, that's cool. I know. Even some of like the smaller fishes, like they they have some good pool in the water sometimes. You try to pull yeah. them back and they're like, Oh, this, yeah. this might be a big one. It's just like a little small. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what is this? A little fighter, you know? Yeah, know? The little ones, some of the little ones. Yeah, smallmouth bass are like that. You catch one and you think it's huge and it comes up and it's it's a tiny yeah, fish. They got a lot of fight in them. But yeah, that carp was my biggest. Nice, nice. That's cool. Uh, well, that's it for, for the random questions. Some good answers there. I like it. Yeah. I feel like I know you a little bit better now. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just got a few more questions for you. Sure. All right. So uh, looking back to when you started everything and, you know, you got your idea, uh, what's like the biggest like re- uh, resource or tool or something that you found that helped you when like starting the business? Yeah, a couple of things come to mind. Uh, number one is networking and t- just telling people about your idea. Because what, just a random conversation telling my, my now friend Brennan about this idea, I found out he has experience in taking products to market. And he had a lot of help that he could offer me. So don't be scared to share your ideas with people that you want them to challenge them a bit. You want them to poke holes in them and try to make them better. So networking and, and just, you know, bring it up and, and have some passion behind it. Uh, and then I, I got connected with um, a mentoring program that I, I, I should have used more, but it was through, it's called the uh, score. It's a not-for-profit organization oh, where they, they yeah. I, I don't know if you heard of it. Here. Yeah. There's one of those here. In Virginia Beach yeah. Yeah. They, I think they have chapters all around the, the country, yep. but, the idea is that you connect um, business people with budding entrepreneurs to give them. So, so I, I met with some, um, her name is Sue Bird out here in Utah a, a couple of times and she gave me some, some great advice. So those that are looking for the next step, uh, check out score. They probably have a local chapter near you, tons of help you can get from them. And then, uh, you know, again, just through my contacts and networking, I got connected with a, a local college here in Utah Dixie State. It's in it's in southern Utah, and uh, I ended up getting support from them. I got entered into a um, uh, entrepreneur competition, and I ended up winning it. So I got some prize money, good recognition, nice. and I never I never would have had that opportunity if I didn't network and, and get out there. So um, those are those are big. I would say networking, mentor was or score was great. And then I've read a lot of books. Uh, I'm a I'm a pretty avid reader, even even well before Castaway. I'm a big believer in finding others that have been there before you and, and, you know, jumping on their backs and getting their wisdom and some books that come to mind just off the top of my head. There's one called the E-Myth. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. I can't remember. Uh, off. Yeah, the name, check, check out the E-Myth book. It's great. Uh, Seth Godin's a great author for some marketing books. Uh, really good perspective. Uh, so there's a lot of help out there. If you look for it, um, you know, just find what works for you and, 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 uh, don't be afraid to ask for help. Wow, that's that's good, and it's good to hear from somebody like you that's gone through it. Because I know one thing for myself: when I started, you know, 
I have a couple businesses and looked around and even before I started this podcast, like networking is great, but you do get overwhelmed with the amount of uh, information that is out there. So it's yeah. good to hear some good tips from you. Like, Hey, this will work for me. So it might not work for everybody, but it's good to yep. look into it. Yep. So I love that. Uh, what are you currently excited about for the business? I know you just got a bunch of inventory coming in. So anything yeah. you're like excited super about like, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I, I love the prospect of me getting out and meeting people through the game and getting into trade shows and stuff. Like that's the next step. Completely stuffed about that in-person meeting, playing the game with people and trying to share you know, our journey and our story with people. I haven't got a lot of in-person contact. I mean, we were really cautious with COVID and everything. Yeah, so that, that, yeah, that's something I'm, I'm, I'm very, very stoked about. And then uh, I applied for Shark Tank a while back and I got to the, the, the casting producer called me for the first like interview. And it was, they called me before I had any, any product in yet. I hadn't done any sales. So uh, okay, I, I, I'm just stoked that I'm like, at least in that, ecosystem and maybe you'll see me on shark take someday so that, that, that i'm really uh, stoked that nice I'm yeah uh, scary awesome. but I'll be, I'll, be, I'll be stoked about it yes that, that'd be so cool oh man that mr yeah, wonderful I, would get me right now though he'd be asking about my numbers and i would just you know i, I would crumble uh yeah we gotta, <laughs> I gotta get those numbers about that because yeah it is interesting that people like get on shark take that uh they're already like selling and already really like out there before they even find you know an investor yeah. i'm like we need like the the real startup shark tank yeah like, right money coming in <laughs> Take I, need the, I, need, I need the marketing man i need mr yeah. mr networks marketing <laughs> well, well, on, on abc so uh yeah well i mean that i'm excited for you like seeing this game and like just seeing how it popped up on instagram you know i, I follow a lot of things on instagram we've been chatting over it and um just seeing these games just like produce and get out even more to people it's just really exciting for me on my part so i'm excited awesome. for you to just get this going and i will be promoting and doing anything i can to help you so I love that. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And likewise on Tally Tumblr. I, I think you got a great product there. And cool to see you take the, the leap and, and go for it. It takes courage. So well done. And uh, yeah. here, here's the mutual success. Huh? Thank you. Yes, yes. Uh, so I just have one more question for you. Uh, as a new yard game entrepreneur, what is your <clears throat> mantra or quote or inspiration that you're living by that Get you motivated to get up and sell Castaway Game every single day. Yeah, this one's easy for me because this is a philosophy that goes beyond Castaway to all phases of my life. But it's an old uh, Stoic, it's Stoic philosophy. It's called the saying you may have heard it was a memento mori. It's a Latin term that, that stands for remember death. So one of the you know the, the, the Stoic philosophers would talk about remember that you're mortal. Your time is limited on Earth get out and get what you want. And I've learned through Castaway and other things in my life that are meaningful. They take massive effort and massive action. So everything takes longer than you think it's going to take. So if you have an idea, do it now. Even if you don't feel like you're ready, go and do it. Time's short. Uh, it's fun. You know, failure sucks, but you can learn from it. And, and, and that's where all the growth is. So my the memento mori 
is the phrase, and it's an old Latin phrase, and uh, it, it's a it's a good one. So it, it, it's uh, it's been something that drives my behavior in, in, in all aspects of my life. I love that memento mori. That that sums it up. Uh, yeah, man, life's short, so might as well try. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. If you do it now, what's the worst that could happen? Got to start over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you know, the, you you can get more money. You know, the, what you can't get back is time. So if you have dreams, don't wait. Go go after them. I love that. Oh my gosh. Man, I feel like I could uh, keep going on this chat, but uh, that's all I got for you, man. Awesome. Hey, I appreciate it, Kelvin. And I, I owe you apology for the for the multiple reschedules. You had to reschedule, so I'm stoked that we can get this yeah. together. Really, <laughs> yeah, really nice to meet a, a like-minded, uh, you know, yard game uh, entrepreneur. And uh, you know, I hope I hope Tally Tumbler continues to to do well, and uh, I'm sure we'll cross paths again down the road. Yes, yes. And uh, yeah, if you ever need anything, uh, need me to promote something, need me to push something out, um, feel free to just hit me up. Like, no worries at all. So I'm, I'm stoked for you. Definitely will, man. I appreciate your time. Uh, you too, man. I'll, I'll talk to you later. All right. Take care. All right, Pete. That was Wason, owner and operator of Castaway Game. Yes, if you love the fish... This game is for you. It combines fishing, cornhole, darts in a fun way where you can play it on land or throw it out in the water. Like, how cool is that? Check it out on Instagram. You'll love it. Like we said, the design's cool. The actual game is cool because, yeah, I mean, a fishing game? Yeah, how awesome is that? Ah, so, links are in the show notes. Check out Castaway Game. And yeah, I have more fun games coming up for you guys. I'm stoked that I passed 50 episodes. I didn't even think I was going to get this far. And having people like Wason making cool games, I'm glad I get to chat with them. And I have plenty more lined up for you guys. So yes, check him out. And I will see you guys in the next one. Peace.